0: Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region.
1: Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. I'm Reuven Ben Shalom, sitting in for Jonathan Hessen. With the U.S. reducing its military presence in the Levant to a fraction compared to the massive footprint it had during, in the region during the campaigns in Iraq and against Daesh, And with Russia preoccupied with its failed war in Ukraine, it would seem unlikely that tensions between the two powers would rise here, away from the European theater of operations. Yet this is what happened when Russian pilots flew too close for comfort to American planes over Syria and American patrols came under fire by Russian-affiliated groups. Is it by design or neglect? And can it escalate further into a major confrontation? To discuss it, let's turn to our panel, Colonel Dr. Iran Lerman, Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, and Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. Tribune. Welcome. Thank you. Brigadier General in Reserve Doan Gavish, former Chief of Air Defense in the Israeli Air Force. Welcome, Doan. And our very own Editor-in-Chief, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, what
0: is going on? We used to uh, speak about the uh, Moscow Monolith. And uh, there was this image of um, a monster, even to some eyes, of someone sitting in the Kremlin and spewing out orders. And lo and behold, the uh, very last soldier down on the totem pole is carrying them out. And the Politburo is directing everything. There is the KGB, all of these images Um, from the 1950s and 1960s. It turns out that first the Soviets and then the Russians were not only not 10 feet tall, but apparently the machine there was cumbersome and not very efficient. Now, when they entered the Syrian civil war in uh, 2015, uh, they did help uh, bolster Bashar Assad. And their military contribution, obviously, along with others, Hezbollah, Iran, turned the tide. And the idea was, when they invaded Ukraine, to use lessons from Syria in order to better operate in the Ukraine. So they took former commanders, such as this General Surovkin, who has not been seen since the uh, Wagner Uh, force um, Caper and they failed in the Ukraine. So one would have thought along the lines of your introduction That because Syria all of a sudden became only a secondary front that they would leave other actors here alone others mean Israelis Jordanians Turks and Americans There was a time, especially when Daesh was on the rise, when the Americans and the Russians de facto divided Syria into the Euphrates Valley, left and right, east and west. The Americans acted east of the valley because it borders Iraq, and the Russians were left to their own designs in the west because it borders the Mediterranean with their Air base and naval base and so forth. But lately it seems that either the Soviet Central authorities cannot control Russia. Russia. The Russia. Russian the uh, Russian w- When did we uh, get rid of the, <laughs> uh, the Russian uh, central authorities cannot control <clears throat> their <clears throat> forces or that they want to intimidate the Americans much as they do the Ukrainians over the Black Sea or the Chinese do to the Taiwanese. So apparently only when we get hard intelligence on what has transpired within the councils of war in Moscow, namely between Putin's own ears, then we will know whether this is an incident is only an accident.
1: First, let's talk about what's happening. So Don, could you talk a little about Technically, operationally, what is going on? What are these clashes? These videos that we see coming out, and what is the Mm -hmm. military
2: significance of this? Well, first of all, um, you know, we didn't see so many uh, clashes between the U.S. presence and and the Russian. Uh, We saw it on the Black Sea lately with the airplane, and there was a base that was done by by some um, by some Russian uh, forces. But I think that really what we are seeing here is the Russians for their own reasons, as, as you said, are trying to, to say in a way, we are here, uh, this is our territory, and uh, we are going to set the rules of what is happening in uh, Syria. And, uh, and and I think this is something that probably this is what moves, this is what is behind of what they are doing, either if it is a decision made by, by Putin or, or someone else. So. So I think this is something that um, uh, they saw. I think also they, they, they are very concerned uh, of the what the Americans are doing in, in Syria. We, we don't talk about it too much, but uh, and uh, it, it is not on the media as much as um, um, I would say other things are being shown in the media. The US forces are very active in Syria. They are there. And uh, we could say also that they even escalated the, the amount of, uh, of being in, in this area, of doing all kinds of uh, different acts. So I think that this is also, it is a tactic reaction to what is happening within Syria, so yeah, but this, it is also a strategic um, a signal from, from Russia. Okay, before Dr. Lama, just want to, as far as uh,
1: setting the, the, the record straight first... We have about 900 personnel, Americans mm-hmm. in Syria, mostly
3: working with Kurdish elements.
0: Yeah. Uh, and in
3: the so-called Syrian Democratic Forces, which yeah. are, by, by and large,
2: Kurdish with some other. But they are also very active uh, with the with their air
0: force. They are there. They are absolutely. striking. And, you know. I, you know. and in the south, next to the Jordanian in border. Tans- right. Exactly.
1: Yes, and monitoring the Jordanian as the, border. As far as the clashes I was referring to, I think in recent days, we do see that the Russians are stepping up these incidents of flying by the Reapers, uh, shooting flares, or what the Americans called unsafe flying. Yeah. And that, uh, Dr. Lemon, exactly. how do you see these uh, provocations?
3: Let, let, let's, let's remind ourselves. There's nothing new about this. Uh, there have been uh, clashes, or, or let's say uh, um, near clashes, before American patrols and Russian patrols in, in areas where d- uh, the uh, uh, Syrian Democratic forces and the regime forces. Uh, dispute control, uh, have, have driven very close to each other uh, even before the Ukrainian war began. And, uh, and uh, this is now again coming into focus. Some time ago, uh, the Americans actually struck and destroyed a Wagner force contingent. Um, numbers of casualties vary according to reports, but it was in the high dozens at least. So and so there were actually Russian casualties, killed uh, Russian mercenaries, not government, but we all know that Prigozhin was not, until recently, not divorced from the, the Russian government, um, killed by Americans. So this is, there's nothing new about tensions in Syria. We have also to bear in mind that within the last few months, the mechanism of consultations uh, between Russia, Iran, and Turkey about the future of Syria has fallen apart and has been discontinued by its hosts in, Kaz- uh, in the, As- Astana the Astana process. The Kazakhs, the Kazakhs have decided that this is no longer uh, in their interest. They have taken a remarkably uh, critical position towards uh, Putin. And so the Russians are perhaps in need of asserting this one single international gain that they have in the, in, in, in the global arena where else are they influential uh, other than in Syria? It's, it's the one, uh, let's say, uh, example of how, uh, how they came in and saved the Assad regime while the Americans abandoned Mubarak to his fate and so on. But that's the one singular uh, asset beyond their own borders. And so it's, they are demonstrating that despite the, the war, And given that the uh, Ukrainian counteroffensive has not gone well, so the Russians are not uh, sort of scrambling for resources to to fend off uh, the Ukrainian attack, that they can still have the resources to to play a major role in Syria. And that's the game as it Mm is May I make two
0: remarks? Uh, The first one is that with the rise of drones, and as was mentioned here regarding several of uh, the near Uh, misses, the um, uh, risk of having a pilot killed, American pilot, for instance, killed or captured um, if he has to bail out, is lessened. So a drone can be, as the Iranians managed to do, can intercept, shoot it down, perhaps even retrieve it and and, uh, reverse engineer it. But it is not the same as uh, Gary Powers hmm. on May Day 1960 uh, being uh, caught by the Russians and uh, put on display as, as a spy in the sky. So first of all, these um, clashes are serious, but not as serious as when manned, uh craft are being involved. The other point is that lines of communications are being kept. This is, by the way, not the case, apparently, in the American-Chinese situation. Department of Defense versus their counterparts. The um, uh, US Secretary of State and Treasury Secretary have visited Beijing, but the Chinese do not let their generals meet with American generals. They, They have suspended such contacts. And uh, this is quite serious because miscalculations uh, can arise, and a deconflicting mechanism is always important. It is always, of course, important mm-hmm. diplomatically. Israel, by the way, has suffered when, following some terrorist acts by Palestinians in 1996, it stopped its contacts with the Syrians, of all people, because they did not condemn what the Palestinians did, mm-hmm. and and the result was that the negotiations with the Syrians um, have uh, gone to oblivion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it is very important, no matter what happens between parties, to keep the mm-hmm. lines of communications open. Interesting. You
3: mentioned that Israel and r- the, the, the Israeli Russian. Air Force and the Russian command in Khmeimim. The, the actual f- Russian force have uh, well established, and, and this is not a secret anymore. I've heard it out loud and clear from Israeli former officials, uh, generally alone. there is a, a, a point-to-point direct connection. There's no problem on our side to find Russian speakers to man the phone, and man, and, and manages deconfliction. A few weeks ago, I was in a command center in an exercise. And at a certain point, someone
1: said, quiet down, everybody. And the soldier picked up the phone and spoke to our counterparts on the Russian side. And I agree that these deconfliction mechanisms are very important. Um, It's interesting, by the way, to point out about drones that the Russians claimed that all their agreements with the Americans were about manned platforms. So in a way, they're saying, drones? We can do whatever we want. We didn't talk about drones. Don, I always leave these sensitive questions for you. is talking about military might. Also, by what we see happening with uh, in the Ukraine war, uh, and also their actions in the Middle East, how can you compare military might if, hopefully we don't see this, if we do see a clash in the air between Russian forces and American forces?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I told you it's going to be
2: difficult. No, no, no. It's OK. I, <laughs> I, I fully agree with you that it, it might be much easier to, for the Russians to deal with the drones and the UAVs than to when it comes to to a real platforms in the air. I think that there there is a there is a, a great um, I would say superiority from from the from the US uh,
0: side. Reuven, so the uh, Ron is a missile man. He doesn't care for the reputation of fighter pilots. Whether Israeli or uh, yeah, that's America. why I
2: want his objective opinion. <laughs> so, so, but but as you can see, this is this is still my my opinion. Eh? You know, we, what we saw in in Ukraine, we saw the, the the strategy, the doctrine, the way of flying. It was like we are in the 60s on the 70s. This is this is something that was for a lot of us was quite surprising. We remember that when we sat here all together, just. When this thing started, we were all sure that in one month everything would be three months. <laughs> uh, but but this was it, and what we we'll see in in real in, is completely something different. And um, you know, one can we should say that it's a bit disappointing to see how uh, the, the, the the Russian military is been conducting, uh, how uh, you know, even flight doctrines and and so on, so. I think that for them, uh, they would uh, prefer to keep themselves in the way of uh, kind of trying to deal with the drones and with, the, with, with others, I would say, uh, means, but not really Air Force to Air Force. There is mm-hmm. huge superiority by the U.S.
1: So although we probably agree that these are provocations and no intentions to go mm-hmm. to a clash, Dr. Lehmann I want to ask you, what if we do see tomorrow a miscalculation and uh, the Americans decide to have an escort for these drones. And by the way, there was a, there was a document they were talking about, maybe mm-hmm. even did at a certain point. And it happens. And we have an American F-22 shoots down a Sohoi 35. Can you walk us through like what huh? this
3: would do to us or to them? To ask, look, uh, there, there are also precedents for this. Uh, you remember the, the Turks shot down a Russian plane. And, and I am sure that after Erdogan showed up in public very confident, he actually went in to his private quarters, put a phone call to Putin, and with a shaking hand tried, on, to, get, on his knees. <laughs> tried to get this over with. But they shot down a Russian plane. And uh, you find a way uh, somehow to, uh, to mitigate the, the consequences. Um, there are certainly some uh, channels still open for exactly that kind of event. Uh, you may recall that there was a situation uh, in, in which the Russians accused Israel. Of deliberately hiding behind uh, their reconnaissance uh, illusion, uh, as if an F-16 can hide. I mean, as if a hare can hide behind a tortoise. I mean, it's it, uh, hiding behind them so that the, Ru- the Syrian air defenses actually killed these Russians in the illusion, trying to shoot at an Israeli the plane. The Russians
1: took it out on us. They decided. And they to take decided it
3: to yeah. take it out on us. But then they also decided to invite uh, Chief of the Air Force uh, uh, General Norkin, Norkin to Moscow. He gave his explanations. The Russians continued to spew uh, vitriol in public, but they did not suspend the deconfliction mechanism, which tells you that they understood. So there are ways of mitigating even serious ca- uh, situations. I think the Russians are going to be very cautious. Um, one of the reasons they agreed, i believe to the deconfliction mechanism it's not just that netanyahu was nice to putin and putin has fond memories of his uh, jewish neighbors in leningrad it's also because going back to 1970 they have a very healthy respect for israeli air force capabilities mm-hmm. and the idea of meeting us in the open skies of syria is not uh, one that endears itself to the russians we it's not doesn't endear itself to us either but they, 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 they agreed not just because of our uh, uh, fine uh, uh, manners, but because they know what the consequences will mm-hmm. be, s- semi- let alone a clash with American F-22s or F-35s, yeah. which they don't
2: have an answer mm-hmm. to. We, we also remember what happened in 82. When it was, it wasn't sure. the Russian itself, but it was uh, Russian equipment against Western equipment. Israel against Syria. Ball cricket nineteen. And if I remember right, the numbers were one hundred uh, um, um, Russian airplanes that were intercepted and zero Israeli ones. So it's and their
3: uh, 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 it. SA six system mm-hmm. obliterated. Exactly. But
0: I, but um, we always uh, see those uh, exercises uh, that U.S. Uh, carrier task forces conduct with destroyers and submarines, and obviously planes and and marines. And we hear speeches by generals and admirals and congressional testimonies. And we tend to forget that those Americans don't have a lot of combat experience. And whatever they had in Afghanistan and Iraq is not really comparable or transferable to Great power versus great power, which is why they are shifting now their doctrine and their training from counter-terrorism or counter guerrilla to uh, such clashes. We saw what happened with the Russians in Ukraine is that they had zero combat experience. And the first few days of any war for a new fighting force, and obviously people retire and new people come in, and theory is not uh, Mm -hmm. really similar to practice. So both the Americans, especially American Navy, but both the Americans and the Russians don't have a lot of experience. So they could both fail in their initial clashes. Fascinating You remind me
3: that Lawrence Friedman wrote this tome about strategy, decided to choose for his motto, a saying by a very wise man, uh, Mark Tyson, the uh, uh, earbiter uh, boxer, prize, boxer fighter. prize fighter, who said, Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face.
0: That's true. And, and then the, the doctrine that uh, the US Army, among services, adopted after the Yom War, which was novel for them after Pearl Harbor and many other incidents, was win the first fight. Mm. Don't wait until you Mm counterattack. Usually, they absorbed the first blow, then recovered with all their industrial might, with their Security Council veto, and all of that. And then they proceeded to get even with the enemy. No, win the first fight.
2: Mm. But, but Oven, I also want to to add to, to your question. You know, let's look again on interests. I'm not sure that the Russians have a real interest to open a second flank. and Now they have Ukraine, and then Syria would be the second one. They are the occupied enough in uh, in Ukraine. That we saw that they are shifting means uh, from uh, Syria to the Ukraine. So, so I think it probably would stay of them trying to, you know, to. to as Iran uh, described it before, they want to show they are still there. They have their own interest. We have to remember that for the Russians, this is this is the, the, the exit to the Mediterranean. This is a huge interest that they have uh, on their staying there in in uh, in, uh, in Russia, but in uh, Syria. So in Syria. Sorry, but they don't really. I don't think that they have uh, any interest now to to open a, a second front. That would be a real miscalculation by the Syrians if this is Also, it
0: has have, a lot to do with what one may call presidential politics and packaging. A certain president, be it Putin or Biden, can use a certain incident either to warn, to sound ominous, or um, in order to get some better relationship from the other side. It depends on the character and the particular timing And circumstances around it so one does not know Uh, some sometimes a crisis can become an opportunity for breaking the ice
1: Can, can I just take it down to a specific point Amir because Jonathan left me here in charge and I have to deliver of course I have to understand what's happening with Daesh on the ground the American presence here they keep talking about Daesh is still here we have to degrade and Mm -hmm. The American terminology? Assad forces had a major clash with Daesh uh, just recently. Which which is, by the way, interesting, because in a way, all these forces here that are clashing on the drones are supposed to agree about the mission, but could you talk a little about what's happening with Daesh now
0: as far as this main mission of the Americans? Daesh is still around, even though it's dispersed, but uh, left to its own devices, could regroup and, again, become uh, a threat, and therefore the Americans are keeping the um, uh, International uh, Control Group or Coordination Cell. And one of their uh, most uh, worrisome problems is what to do with the prisoners. There are thousands of Daesh prisoners in compounds in Syria. They also have the families outside of the compound in Mm -hmm. other compounds. They cannot be released. And they cannot be taken care of. And everyone um, is scratching their own heads or other people's heads.
1: And Americans already had serious challenges with holding detainees. And uh, that that is huge. High high value targets. targets. Yes.
3: Yes. Uh, I want to bring another angle into the discussion. Because in addition to the United States and Russia and the Iranians who are all over the Syrian landscape, the one country which is deeply, deeply invested in the Syrian situation is Turkey, which is actually holding and almost practically annexed uh, segments of northern Syria, such as Afri, and is is in control, more or less, of the last refuge of the Syrian rebels in the area of Idlib. Now, the Turkish-Russian relationship is a very complicated one. Uh, They talk to each other, but they also have points of disagreement. The Turks are supplying the Ukrainians with their Bayraktars, uh, their drones. Turkey has just moved um, to allow first Finland and then, and then Sweden because in NATO every country has a, a veto and they, they were finally persuaded to let the Swedes too join NATO. This is a major blow to, to Russian policy. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Russians may also be uh, keep acting or, or signaling to Erdogan not to ignore their presence on his southern flank, uh, because that, that could come uh, at a cost.
0: Mm-hmm. Let me put uh, in a good word for Israel, if that is allowed. I was just going to say that finally there's something that doesn't involve us. Okay. No, of course. <laughs> okay, if, go ahead. if you compare the anti-ISIS coalition to a naval task force, which we mentioned earlier, aircraft carriers, cruisers, destroyers, transports, marine-carrying uh, vessels, you don't see the submarines. And Israel was a submarine. Israel's contribution to the actual war against ISIS, which was never mentioned. You, all, you saw dozens of countries uh, in these uh, coalition meetings. You never saw Israel. But the Israeli Defense Forces took uh, perhaps the most efficient and lethal part in this com- campaign which only the Americans, the Brits, the Australians, and others were aware of. But uh, without the Israeli contribution, which killed hundreds of Daesh fighters, the outcome would have been different.
3: Finally, General Eisenkopf referred to it, but it was kept secret for a very long time. You probably have
1: a higher classification than I do. This, is a cert- on, this certainly on. sounds right. fascinating. But, but now also, know. But also uh, in the past, going back to the Gulf War, we know that Israel always is proud to be a member of the coalition, although not always with the Israeli flag on the right. website of the coalition.
2: Yeah, but, but it was not a secret that Israel and the United States have a very tied relations when it comes to intelligence. And this is really the main, the main um, effort that, that Israel was part of it. So there, is
0: a, there is an important book about blacks in America <clears throat> called Invisible Men. Mm. Israel was the invisible Mm -hmm. member of the coalition.
1: So hopefully this issue we talked about today, the players in the region can play it smart, continue to deconflict, and hopefully see stability. This is all the time we have for today. Thank you very much, General Gavish, Dr. Lerman, Mr. Oren. I want to thank our viewers for being with us today, and we'll see you next time. Shalom from Jerusalem.
3: Thank you for joining us in
0: another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.